my friends, Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West, joined by the chairman, <laughs> Brian Hunsaker. What's going on, Brett? Happy February, Brian. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it has been a great year so far. Yeah. The S&P 500 is up year to date 4.71%. Who knew? Yeah, that's not... a great January. By well, the way, you think about that four and you know times twelve. That's that's a yeah, if it continued. Of course. Well, let's talk <laughs> about let's talk about that. We not, are not suggesting that or recommend. Or... You are saying we're going to be up sixty percent this year. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Um, we're up four point seven percent this year. Four point seven one percent. We are almost hitting five thousand. Like we may be hitting five thousand as as we're talking right now. Yeah. Um, it's the S and P five hundred is at all time highs which is great right um we're going to talk about that all-time highs here in a second know this my friends i am a probability investor as it relates to options and just like to know the probabilities and did you know you did know this brian because we talk about these probabilities in a given one year time frame there's from the history of the stock market there's a 73 73 percent probability that the market will be up in a given year that's a pretty good probability. Yeah, basically three out of four times. Yeah. Every every three out of four years, the market's up. Here's the crazy part. I like those odds. There's something that people call the January barometer, that if January's up, typically the year is up. Mm -hmm. Probabilities would say that if January is up, going back to 19, post-World War II, there's an 86 percent probability that the market is up in that year with an average around 11 percent yeah not your 60 yeah. so sorry about that an average of 11 and we're already up 4.7 yeah if if probabilities if averages which hardly any time we see the actual average but just have it's been a great start to a year don't think that this is going to be every month we should be up according to history and probabilities no guarantees and we've already made up a large part of that in the first month month and a half right of the year mm -hmm. so anyway from a probability perspective that's where we are but here's the big question today brian okay here's what i'm seeing in the media okay psychologically too uh, clients, non-clients, friends, family have the same thought process. And here's the thought process. Bear markets. Market starts going down. Great time to invest. But guess what you hear? Guess what the, the gurus will tell you? Wait, because it's going to get cheaper. Hey? So that's what you hear in the bear market. I think you hear the gurus, and I think that little voice in your head's telling you that too. I mean, a lot of people. Psychology. It's the psychology of markets. We call it recency bias. You look yep. at what's happening right now, and you sort of project that. Whatever it is, so if it's markets are good, you project that going forward. Markets are bad, you kind of project that uh, you know going forward as well. You know, I would say just yeah. be careful about that. I mean, yeah, just. It, but it's kind of it's kind of different on the upside because I think most people are pessimistic. Just in their nature, You're, yeah. and are they're worried? They're just worried all the time, especially about money. And so, what happens when the market's trading at all time highs, like it is now? What do people say? Let's wait. Can't go any higher. The market's too 
expensive. Yeah. This whole notion of the markets being too expensive. Let's talk about that for a second. When people say that, what do they mean? What are they even saying? The market's too expensive. We can't invest now. We're at all-time highs. We missed it. What, what does it mean and what would you tell people like that? Yeah, when we, when we talk about the value of the market or the value of a business, we're talking about the earnings of a business relative to what you pay for those earnings. That's, that's what we're talking about. And so right now people are saying, hey, the market's up. It's, it's a lot more expensive than it has been, say, especially in 2022, the market was down what you were able to buy in 2022 um, per dollar was higher because earnings relative to each dollar you spent, um, you were getting more value for that dollar than, 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 than today where you're paying a little bit more for those, for those earnings. That's kind of what people are talking about. So, so when people say the valuations, the PE of the market's what, 22, 23 right now, somewhere in there, of the S&P 500? Yeah, depending on how you, you know, you're looking at it, we talk about forward earnings. We talk yeah, about- Yeah, so those are not forward. <clears throat> those are trailing. Yeah, trailing earnings. And, and I hear a lot of people saying, way too expensive. Tell us why that's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe not necessarily dumb. That's a little harsh. Yeah. But why wouldn't I say- we're at an S&P 500 multiple right now of 22. Historically, that's on the high side. Why, like, why wouldn't I invest? Right. Why would I invest? Yeah, historically, the, if you say the last 50 years, I think the average PE multiple is in, in the range of 16 to 18, you know, 16, 17 times yeah. earnings. That's historically been the the valuation of you know 16 to 17 times earnings so if he had a dollar in earnings you'd pay 16 times that or 17 times you know those earnings that's what we're talking about and that's the average <laughs> that's the average but a lot of times when you hear talking heads on CNBC or Fox or whatever some or some you know, article they they'll reference the trailing earnings mhm mm and what are trailing earnings? And say, for example, what the earnings were last year or the year before relative to what you're paying today. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't I don't look at it that way. I never look at it that way. Why? <laughs> because that's you're looking in the rear of your mirror. I want to look forward. You know, okay. What are earnings going to look like this year? What are earnings going to look like next year? In the next three years. Next three years. Five next years. Five years. So what? Yeah. I look at the, the market in general just like I look at it as a like a stock. It's the same same approach. When I look at the business, look at a business, I'm looking at what earnings. I, I do look at last year's earnings, but I'm looking at more in terms of what will earnings look like up the over the next twelve months, the next twenty four months, the next thirty six, and you know, and so on. And if I if I see a a business that's growing consistently. And I'm paying a reasonable multiple, um, and uh, I I think that's an, a very attractive business, a very attractive business opportunity. So, the growth of those earnings is a big part of uh, value in a business. The future growth of those earnings, yeah, or lack of growth, could you know that that goes into it. So, so here's the question then: If we're looking at at the growth of earnings, that's what matters. 
Not looking in the rearview mirror. Current, looking forward. Current earnings and the growth of those earnings. Okay, current those, earnings those and the growth. Things. Yep. How in the world do you forecast that? And let me let me give some kind of a backdrop. Okay, we're looking at say Microsoft, which is on the edge of the AI potential boom that we keep hearing about. We're looking at their earnings, and they're coming out with new innovative products. How do you get your mind around, okay, Microsoft is cheap or expensive based on what's ahead the next 10 years in a AI environment that we may not know? Yeah. That, how, how, tell me your process for thinking about so that. So that, that's a great question. We've we've kind of talked about yeah. this before, and it's a really hard question. Actually, it's it's really hard. It, it is hard because you're you're looking at. I'll look at the historical growth of Microsoft, and I'll look at the last three years, five years, ten years, and then uh, and then look at the current business. We listen to management. What are they saying about the future? What are they saying? Looking yeah. at as far as growth and and their expectations going forward. So we're kind of. We're pulling all of that data in to determine what is an appropriate growth rate for those earnings going forward. So really, we rely on management. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that we trust management and we uh, feel like they're truthful to us as investors. So that's probably the greatest source of where we uh, are able to you know, forecast or look forward to earnings. And then there's a, and then there's a whole another uh, group of people who are analysts who are um, making projections about the business. Yeah. And I, and so I do look at analyst projections. So I look at analyst projections, look at management, and then I look at historical. And we even have analysts that we trust and some that we ignore. Right. Yep. Right. So, so, so it's it, three things, management, analysts, and then looking at, Looking in the rearview mirror, basically, and and we side on being a little bit more conservative with those growth projections. Is that fair to say, or I would, no? I would say that, uh, um, yeah, I'd say yeah, we do for sure. And and part of the reason why I ask that is when you hear expensive stocks, people in our age group always think back. To 2000. You're putting me in your age group? Thank you. Yes, <laughs> you young whippersnapper. We always think back to 2000. Mm -hmm. And in 2000, that's when the internet boom was happening, right? Nine, really the 90s. And valuations were out of control. And so when people think expensive, that's where our mind goes. So we're on the next boom, which is AI. We have no idea what it looks like. It's supposed to be as big as the internet. How do we, how do we do this? How do we prevent buying things that are too expensive, but still buying things that can capitalize on good future earnings growth? That's a great question. I mean, for example, Microsoft, uh, back in the dot-com era, yeah. I felt like got too expensive. And actually, if you look at history, if you look at the performance of Microsoft going from the end of 90s to 2010, it was, I don't think you'd ever made money if you invested. If you, yep. It was just an income dividend flatliner. Right, right. Now, and if you part were, of that, though, was management. 
Yeah. Because I mean, Balmer was a great dancer if you've seen the YouTube videos. <laughs> if not, you got to Google it. That and then uh, kind of his uh, Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's funny guy. Management took a step back. You know, he's the biggest shareholder of Microsoft right now. Still. It's crazy. Wow. He's nuts. He's got more stock than, uh, than uh, Bill Gates. But Nadella came in and put that company on a different different path it's so amazing it's, it's ma- management is so important Brian. yeah yeah we're talking about microsoft and microsoft has had a rebirth in my opinion yeah. it's amazing right when when nadella came in yep what's well, it's amazing what's happened but i will say well balmer everybody kind of gives balmer uh crap about you know the performance while he was and, and it was performance wasn't good but no he kind of took over when valuations are so high yeah. and if you look at the underlying uh growth of earnings and revenue when Palmer's they still grew it's just that the valuation was wacko but you know going to going to late 90s uh valuations did get extended i mean it not everywhere not everywhere in no. fact iron gate we had some of our best uh earning or best returns coming Against out the of the s&p well not Ever. just just that and also just um real returns yeah um and uh, we had, you know, the market was down. Anyway, we're not. We don't want to talk about that. But I'm just saying that valuations do matter. I, 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 I 100% believe that. Um, but when you got an asset that continues to grow, uh, like the S&P 500, continues to grow, has for the last, you know, several de- many decades, mm-hmm. um, and I believe it will continue. What? Okay, give me an idea. When you say S and P five hundred grow earnings, right? What's been the average earnings growth in a given year on the S and P? Looking at history, so I have. I'm kind of nerdy this way. I have this spreadsheet. Well, this is a nerdy podcast. I mean, we're we're <laughs> yeah. being nerds today. This is great. This is my. This is actually one of my prized. I know possessions. I love it's like this. His holy I have this data going. It's going back sixty four years. Okay, it's older than me. Okay, Young four years four years before I was born, going back to 1960. Okay, and it has the earnings yield, the ten-year Treasury, the dividend yield, the S and P 500, the price, the change, big time, the nerd. earnings, the PE multiple, and then I have the rolling, <laughs> you know, ten-year yeah. earnings growth, fifteen-year, twenty-year, and I have all kinds of data. So, what's the average earnings growth? So, the average earnings growth going back 64 year earnings have grown 7.1. Let's see, seven. Where did it go? I think it's seven, seven point one percent. Right around seven, a little over seven percent. A little over seven percent. And what has the S and P five hundred done in that same time frame? Seven percent, without yeah. dividends. Without dividends, yeah, so dividends. That's a little, bit, that's more a little that. bit more than that. But basically, there's almost a hundred percent one to one correlation between the price change over a long period of time, the price change in the S and P five hundred, and earnings change. Okay, so going back to the question. If people are putting money to work in a bear market, they're getting a better bang for their buck in a bear market. Their returns have the potential to be great. But you're saying right now, if I invest my money right now, I can still get pretty decent returns. Not as good as buying in a bear market but pretty good because earnings will continue to grow in the market and specifically the stocks that we buy. So you think about it this way, at 7%, which is the 
historical average of earnings growth. I mean, and I can look at a 10 year, for example, the 10 year earnings per share growth is 8%. The 15 year is uh, 10%. The 20 year is 7%. So it's, it's anywhere in that range. Yeah. But you think about it in this terms, at 7%, at 7%, uh, earnings will double over the next decade at 7%. It's the yeah. rule of 72, yeah. which means that the S&P 500, there'll be pressure for it to double over the, and over the next 10 years, depending on the multiple you pay for those earnings 10 years from now. So maybe the multiple goes down, you know, but I look at the multiple in the S&P 500. I think it's a reasonable multiple. You're paying a little around 20, maybe a little less than 20 times earnings, forward earnings. And I, I expect earnings will double over the next decade. So it, it's not it's not irrational the the valuation on the market, so, which means to me you can buy the market today, and over the next ten years you're going to have a good result. Yeah. So okay, client has a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, a million dollars in cash. You're, what you're saying is still okay to put it to work. Well, and. and I think the way we do it makes a little bit more sense in that that we are buying individual companies, individual businesses, and we pay attention to valuation. And when we think evaluation looks attractive, we buy it. And when it doesn't look so attractive, we love the underlying business, but maybe the, the valuation doesn't really excite us. We might just dip our toe a little bit. And as markets always change, there's always fluctuations yeah, up and down. Yep. We'll, we'll have an opportunity to put that money to work when markets you know, get a little volatile or yep. go down a little bit. We'll put a little bit more money in. And, and I think that's an irrational, uh, intelligent way to, to invest money. Yep. So if you're sitting on cash... And you're listening to the media say that the market you can't it can't go any higher. We're at all time highs, or it's too expensive. You hear that all ignore the time. Them. I, I ignore it. You, I, from time to time, you get them too. We have clients that forward us a, a YouTube videos. Yeah. You know, some guy that's that he advertises. He predicted this or predicted that, and he's predicting now. He's predicting you know doom and gloom and the market correction and. I, I've I've been listening to these guys, hearing these guys for the last thirty plus years. I ignore it, and those guys. I mean, if you want to make money, you buy a good business, you hold it a long period of time. That's yep. the bottom line. End yep. of story. Yep. Amen, brother. So the bottom line is what we're saying is still not a bad time to put cash to work. No, it's or not a to bad have time. somebody with a proven process put it to work for you. Right. Which is Iron Gate. Yep. All right, my friends, here's to a great start to a year. Yeah. Tamper your expectations, Brian. It's not 60% this year. No, I'm no. confident in saying that. <laughs> no. All right. Until next time. Bye now. Bye. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at igga.com or by...